0: it's matt from northern virginia and i wanted to share a uh formative story of horror uh for y'all for the for the season and um it is uh when i was in high school in the late 2000s um i was in theater I, i still am but um i went and our theater teacher would sometimes go and and be like, well, you know, if you don't want to have class, you can I like, bring in a movie and we can and we can watch it. And so I once decided that uh I was gonna bring in a movie, so I asked, like, hey, can I bring in um a movie of Peter Jackson's uh, some of his early work before he, he did Lord of the Rings? And I was like, Oh yeah, sure, you can bring it in. And uh so I brought in um one of my favorite Peter Jackson movies, which is Dead Alive. And somehow I got away with us watching all of it in class. Um, but some people were not happy with my choice and I was asked to that. I was never allowed to, uh, bring movies to class again. So, um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was kind of a different story. So, um, yeah, love the podcast and hope y'all are doing well. Stay spooky.
1: Thanks Matt. That is both awesome and a little bit sad and a little bit terrifying that a high school class not familiar with Dead Alive would suddenly <laughs> be subject. Oh, it's Peter Jackson. He does the gnomes and the elves and stuff like that. Oh, God. <laughs> custard. Never They were serving custard in the cafeteria that day. Too. I think
2: I would have been so extremely happy to have a teacher, like, not know what she's doing and actually allow that to be played. Yeah. I i want to watch that in school <laughs> that would be so awesome I, that teacher's amazing
1: i i do have a, a small theater story not that i was a theater kid by any means but i did take a theater class my senior year because i took all classes that i wanted to not try super hard in and it turned out that i really liked to teach it blah blah anyway we had to do these kind of monologues or, or uh, whatever two people doing a scene is called if that's a, a that is not name. a monologue. monologue it's not a monologue is... oh, It's no. a. Co- I think it's just a conversation <laughs> at that
2: point. yeah it's just a conversation <laughs> it's a dialogue
1: yeah it's one of those and <laughs> like the bit was the the scene was is like two guys uh, it, it was just like telling stories and one of the guys just kind of goes off the deep end with this story and for some reason we decided we were going to set it in a bar and like put like we were playing pool and all that stuff and he brought in beer mugs And we put like apple juice in the beer mugs and like you brought in like a shot glass and we put in like apple juice in the shot glass. Like, so while he's telling this annoying story, I'm being annoyed, like taking a shot, stuff like that. I think I'm 17, 18 years old. The other guy was like 16 or something. And there was serious talk about them saying like, yeah, you might get expelled for this. And we're like, for what? You brought in a beer mug. Like there wasn't any beer in it. Like, well that that's beside the point it was like a, almost a no tolerance thing with glassware mm-hmm. like oh my come on and this was i'm not gonna date myself for how old i am but this was long enough ago that that shouldn't have been that big of a deal and it was just like so i can only imagine if we brought in dead Alive to screen as opposed so i thought it'd be fun if we could figure out what's the most extreme horror we think we could have gotten away with when we were in high school I don't think we could have gotten away with Dead Alive. I am sincerely impressed. That's crazy. That you got through the entire screening of Dead Alive. Um I think at most we probably maybe could have done like Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. or something like that where there there's go but but kind of on the same level. Like they're n- people aren't really paying attention, but the kids watching can maybe get through it without some I I can't believe no student like in the middle didn't freak out. Just, like, yeah. call the teacher or yeah. cry or something. But I, I feel like it'd have to be something kind of gateway horror mm-hmm. Like it, Schools now, you'd be suspended and your life would be over and your scholarships would be taken away and everything else. But yeah, how about you two? Do you think you could get away with anything even beyond, like, PG-13?
2: Yes. Maybe. I mean, I don't know because <laughs> it's all hypothetical, obviously. Yeah, it's, but it's... I remember, like, senior year in high school – where we all hit that stage of, like, senioritis we're checked out because we're graduating soon, and a teacher put on Gladiator, which I thought was kind of risque for it being high school, because I think it's R, and there's definitely some violence. So I'm -hmm. I'm thinking based on that, I could get away with something like The Ring, like the remake, Mm. but nothing that much harder than that.
1: Well, I I remember in college, I was in a communications class, and they showed Glengarry Glen Ross, which is full of squaring but it's classic it's a fantastic movie yeah but he in college the professor was like all right as a warning there's a lot of swearing if you don't Ugh. i'm like this is college are you effing kidding me mm-hmm. that you still had to do that warning? <laughs> did you
2: ask him that are you effing did you say it like that <laughs> are you effing kidding me professor
1: uh, that would have been more talking than i usually do in a school <laughs> class oh, if you just I said actually. it with
2: your eyes then i
1: did yes <laughs> in my crossed arm and slouch posture. How easy, you know?
3: Um, you know what? I was fortunate enough where I went to a high school where they were actually pretty open to a lot hmm. of things. Um, so like because I remember when I was I think in high school, we watched the movie 13 and even though that's not a horror oh. movie, it's pretty, you know... Oh, it's a lot, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It, but, you know, they said, well, it's a coming-of-age story. So I think that I could have said that Battle Royale or Ginger Snaps <laughs> was, <laughs> I think I could have said that, that that's a coming-of-age story.
2: And I think Maybe I would have gotten away with it. Coming-of-age, coming-of-age, potato-potato.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go, yeah. Oh, you said, no, I said rage. See, you weren't listening to me. I said rage, not rage. Close. Very close. So close. All right. A second question came in via uh, direct message. Hey, Dark Trio, love the show. I know the three of you have different feelings about origin stories, but I was curious about the podcast origin story. Was it an innocent post on a message board? Were you all digging through the same discount movie bin or something much (laughs) more sinister? Like an unmarked invitation. That would have been so much cooler.
3: Whoa.
1: I'm safely outside the terror triangle formed between Minnesota, Florida, and Texas, so I'd love to hear how it all began. Thanks for doing it. You and Mark from Pennsylvania. Thanks, Mark. It's funny that, you know, 150 episodes, I don't think we've ever said how this started. Have I we? I
2: don't no. think so.
1: I don't think we have. So, in my memory, again, this started during COVID, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so my memory might be very skewed of how I Uh-oh. remember it. <laughs>
2: Okay, well,
1: I remember. It, oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll fact check me as this goes along. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we'll keep it accurate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> ah, damn it. Accuracy. <laughs> okay. So when, when uh, before I got into any kind of podcasting, uh, audio drama, narration, or anything like that, I d- actually did uh, another podcast that I won't mention for a long time where it was just me and like a friend of mine for years and years and years talking about this shared interest that we did. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was never great but we got kind of a niche audience because of what we were talking about and we, it was just kind of cathartic and it was a reason for two buddies to get together and have some beers and, and chat about what we liked but then COVID hit and it stopped because mm-hmm. we weren't getting together we weren't going anywhere we had tried the Skype thing it just didn't work like our chemistry was off it wasn't really as fun and I started getting kind of depressed during quarantine, like I think a Aww. lot of people did, partially yeah. because I just I didn't have social interactions. Like mm-hmm. my pastimes are social or as antisocial as I am or social settings. And I missed talking about this thing that I loved. And there was so much anger and hate and rage in the world, like there still is. Yeah. And I was just like I just want to talk about stuff that I like. And like, and I was listening to podcasts where people were just bashing things like, oh my God, this sucks and whatever. It's like, can we talk about something we like? And I was like, well, I like horror movies. So I I think I'd approach Tom at Bloody Disgusting. Like, hey, I I kind of have an idea for another podcast if you're interested. He's like, well, if we're going to do another podcast, I'd want it to be more like conversational, like talking Mm -hmm. about horror. I'm like, yeah, that. (laughs) And I was like, I'd love to like talk with some people. And, And he kind of asked who I had in mind. And top of my list was Megan, who I'd never met. But I've been reading her reviews for years, and I'm like, if there's anyone who knows horror, like, it's Megan. Like, mm-hmm. especially that has a network connection. And I had emailed Megan, and we we chatted a little bit about interest. And I asked, like, if you had recommendations for a third, because I, I personally think three just helps, too. Especially if one of us is sick or busy or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't um, knock the rails off. And Xena was a top of your list. And yeah. I wasn't Aww. familiar with Xena's blog. And i, I kind of looked into it and then you know we we, we spent about a month practicing right we, like once a week we just kind of did like practice
3: yeah episodes and I are not podcasters yeah, so. yeah.
1: yeah
3: i mean like i've done and, podcasts but i was just um i'm shy you know so
1: <laughs> believe it or not
3: Same i am, wallflower. I am I'm, I'm very shy i'm a shy delicate flower so i was a little bit nervous about you know doing it but uh yeah it just seemed like we we clicked you know yeah
1: yeah and it just it kind of went from there like it was really like i said like i say in the intro every week like it's it's these things that we love mm-hmm. it's the, the the focus has always been about horror so people send in questions sometimes like what's a What's a movie that everyone else likes that you don't like? Well, we don't, we're, we're not going to talk about that because we all have movies we don't like. Every once in a while, they slip out on the podcast. And like, oh, I didn't like that one. But that's not the point. The point is to try and like put something into the world about, no, these are things we love. And mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe you're interested in seeing this too. And maybe have a little bit of positivity in this not very positive <laughs> world yeah. at times. So if that, does that sound about right?
2: Yeah, yeah oh. I think that that's fact check wrong. I know. God yeah.
1: damn it! That's not how it happened at all. You kidnapped the two of us, and you
2: know. <laughs> we're holding up ransom notes. You can't see them. Yeah. Or we can we can
3: say this. We can say this that we were all vacationing, and what's some place that's kind of
2: in the middle? Kinda in the middle. I need, I need to Kansas. look. I need to look this up, this Bermuda Triangle of words yeah. okay. uh, in the states. I, I I'm obsessed with this idea. That's so, that's where I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. And that's the the discount bin we met. Yeah, at, we met. As at. We're all grabbing for we will wild all, zero and yeah. the five dollar bin, and or and we, we just became connected.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the West Coast is safe, evidently, but watch yeah. out!
2: Watch out! There's a vortex happening in the middle of that triangle
1: you're in a whole lot of trouble speaking (laughs) about being in a whole lot of trouble welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and help us discuss the disgusting you know her as lead movie critic for bloody disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist megan navarro hey megan hi and you know her from a youtube channel and website real queen of horror and infinite love for the genre Zena dixon hey Zena. hello and i'm john if you're listening to this on a wednesday when the episode drops we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror and if not maybe we can help we're breaking from the usual format to take another deep dive, this time with Talk To Me, which is now available on digital and VOD. I know that certainly because I bought it last night and I almost bought the DVD, but we'll talk about that later.
2: Oh, okay. All
1: right. It's deep dive time, baby. So fair warning, fair warning, <laughs> if you have not seen this movie, just turn off the podcast. I, I don't say that much.
2: No. But, yeah. <laughs> no, don't
1: don't ruin it. It's yeah. I please just don't just don't just go unless watch you it. love
2: spoilers. Unless you unless love, I love spoilers.
1: spoilers, and some people do. Some people like having it spoiled and then watching the movie because it takes tension out or whatever. Fine. Then we're here to help you. <laughs> Otherwise, stop listening and go watch it. And then going back. this yes, and going into this blind is really the only way to get the most out of the film, in our opinions. But again, do you? So. Last spoiler warning. If you're still listening, it's all on you. So, in case you're scrambling to stop listening, wherever you are, slow countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, here we go. Reigns are officially in Megan's hands. So, Megan, why don't you go ahead and start us off?
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm in charge. I'm the captain now. Now, uh, I'm going to start like I have before when we did our deep dive on Scream 6. A little basic background on the movie. Talk to Me premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January, where it ignited a bidding war. That was the the film, the hot ticket item of the film that had a massive bidding war right out of the gate. It was scooped up by indie distributor A24 and released in theaters, at least in the States, on July 28th. I think it released in Australia where this movie was made in on like the day before, um, it's a feature debut by twin brothers Michael and Danny Filippo, who first made a name for themselves through the popular Racco Racco YouTube channel, uploading homemade slashers and chaotic cam- chaotic comedy sketches. Uh, one of the most memorable and viral being one that featured Ronald McDonald going on a blood-soaked <laughs> rampage at a rival. <laughs> chicken shop so yeah they they've been building to this for a while Um, plot wise it follows a group of friends who discover how to conjure spirits uh, using an embalmed hand it's part of the latest party craze Uh, and they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces so first question for you both is what kind of expectations did you have going into this movie did you think you were gonna like it did you think you were gonna hate it was the hype too high and then how did you feel coming out of it
3: so cena i was so excited about this one i broke my rule and i watched the trailer you know i was so excited (laughs) about it and so yeah i i just i was avoiding like reviews after that and what people were saying and then um when i checked it out uh, it's we kind of touched on this on a couple of episodes back it i didn't hate it but it wasn't it didn't stick with me as much as I wanted it to stick with me. Like there are some movies that I find myself still thinking about it, like moments after weeks after months after. And with Mm -hmm. this one, it was just like, I I left the theater and that was it. Like I didn't Mm. sadly think about it, but I mean, not saying that it was a bad movie. I feel like the directors, they did an awesome job. They're really talented. I cannot wait to see what else they're going to do. And of course I'm going to support them, but it was just one of those movies where sadly for me, it didn't stick with me.
2: Mm john
1: uh i actually saw this when i was at midsummer scream uh there was a theater right across from the convention center and mm-hmm. you know i not being a convention guy or really knowing what to expect and and what times i had to be there etc for my stuff i woke up and, and i was like God, i have a lot of time to kill and i thought about going to see oppenheimer because that's mm-hmm. like right when oppenheimer had been in theaters or, uh, they'd been in yeah. theaters for a couple of weeks So I must have seen it on opening weekend and there was a couple other people from the network. I kind of was like, Hey, I'm going to go see a movie. Anyone interested? Kind of just putting it out there. I would have just gone by myself and they're like, Oh yeah, we're thinking about going to see, talk to me and someone else at the network had seen a screener and it it said really like rave reviews about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, okay. I think all I really remembered was the image of the hand. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really know much about the movie. And I went and I, and saw it and I was sitting there and it, I was a little bit like Xena that at first I was watching it and I was like, and, and I left and I was like, yeah, that was good. But like it, there was only like one specific scene I remember that really stuck with me that we'll get, we'll, we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. but I was kind of like, you know what, it, it, but it, it grew on me mm-hmm. yeah. where like the more I thought about it and the more I kind of talked with other people, it was a little bit like X. Where I kind of talked myself into it, not as layered as X was, Mm -hmm. like for me, but I kind of talked myself into it like, this is this is just a good horror movie. Yeah. Like it it wasn't full of jump scares by Mm -hmm. any means. It but it had just this kind of constant, it was like it felt familiar, but it wasn't. It was new. And I don't know, like it just like it just worked. And so yeah, it was just one of those things where No expectations, and it was fine, but it kind of grew in my head, and now it's no spoilers for later this year, but it's one of my favorite movies of the year.
2: Awesome. How about you, Megan? I was super lucky to catch a Sundance's one of my favorite festivals in terms of their programming and the fact that it's so... It's like at the beginning, it's the first festival of the year for mm-hmm. for me. I don't think there's any because it's like January, so I don't think there's any. I think it literally is the first of the year. Anyways, um, which means there is zero hype. All of these movies are brand new. There, mm-hmm. There's no pre-fest hype there's no fest hype i mean there is after but like that so there's no frame of reference you have there's no trailer there's no there's like whatever still they release so it is literally going in blind and i feel like that's makes a movie like this to go in blind yeah. um, so for me i didn't know what what I was getting into has a plot log line that reads like it could be Ouija board, but then mm-hmm. you get something that's way more visceral. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really responded to, you know, you don't see ghosts being this bloody and violent. Yeah. And I, I'm a sucker for that. Um, so, yeah, I, I really liked it. I really liked it coming out of the fest. So that's, that's how I, you know... I had no preconceived notions and I came out really liking it, but I also understand some of the criticisms, which I feel like is a good segue to talk about mm-hmm. the characters because Sophie Wilde is your main character. She plays Mia. She is the teen who is still grieving uh, over the loss of her mother and kind of assimilated into her best friend Jade's uh, household. Jade has a younger brother named Riley who is kind of like her surrogate family. Mom is Miranda Otto, who plays Sue. So... Um, all of that preamble just kind of set up that Mia, the character has a lot of, I feel like a lot of criticism, um, in the wake of this movie's release where people are either annoyed by her actions or not. So I thought that would be a good kind of segue to talk Mm -hmm. about how you felt about Mia specifically and how authentic you feel that, both uh sophia wilde and really the whole cast at how effective they were at portraying teenagers authentically
1: um you know at first i my biggest takeaway the first time i watched it i just felt bad for mia yeah i was like wow yeah this movie's gonna start with things sucking for you oh they don't get better Mm -hmm, it only gets worse for you and I don't know what the criticisms are about her behavior. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe teenagers now are like, oh, no, this isn't what we would be like. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure teenagers would try and destroy the world if they got a demonic hand and they would just use it like a party game. And yeah. we would all die that way. Um, But no, like she was she was struggling and she was being I think I think what people might not get is the fact that she's being manipulated the entire movie right mm-hmm. she's just trying to fit in like she feels like an outsider and she's grasping at straws which is why she even ends up at that party in the first place my only yeah. questionable thing is she's like yeah riley come along like that kid's <laughs> like 12 why are you bringing him to the first party that that was a weird choice but she probably feels a closer connection to him anyway and she just wants someone else there that she knows likes her i don't know yeah. like i it, the rest of it is, yeah, her being manipulated by ghosts, Mm -hmm. which I think maybe people missed, and they thought, no, her mom wasn't, no, she was being manipulated the entire time, and she's a teenager who's grieving and desperate, and Mm -hmm. no, I thought she was great, and when she gets possessed, I thought, her performance and Riley's performance when they're possessed were fantastic, I thought they were so good.
3: Shame. Um, I like Mia, you know, I don't have a problem with the cast, I feel like, you know, performance wise, I think that, you know, like you said, John, She did an incredible job. They all did an incredible job. I think that they really, they're believable teens. And, you know, kind of like we talked about, teens do dumb things. We've all, when we were teens, we've done some dumb stuff. Perhaps not with a, you know, possessed hand, but we've done some stuff. So kind of like what you, again, just said already, John, like, you know, going into it, like, I felt bad for her. You know, her home life isn't really that great. Her dad. I don't think he's purposely trying to treat her the way that he is. He, he just doesn't know what to do at this point, you know, what, what could you do? You know what I mean? Um, in that type of situation, then she's a teenager. Then you already know she wants to have fun. You know, they like to party all the time, you know, (laughs) type of stuff. So, but no, I honestly, I didn't have a problem with the characters again. Like I, that was one of my favorite things about this movie, the performances because it felt real.
2: Same. I agree.
1: Especially the mom, Sue. She's so good in this. She's so funny trying to call out the kids. Yeah. Like trying to trick them into saying when the party is. It seems
3: like something that they would do. And then on top of that, you know, they wanted to sneak out. They wanted to go to a party. And come on, again, I'm not going to lie. If I was a teenager and there was like this embalmed hand, I probably would have tried it like a clown. You know, I would have tried it.
1: Well, especially when everyone around you was like, it's, it's a lie. It's not real. And Mia just wanted to be involved, which is why she volunteered. She probably didn't really think it was real. And then she touched the hand and said, talk to me and was like, (laughs) but, but they all kind of treat it like it's almost like a drug, right? Like they finish it and they're like, it's like this amazing ride. Yeah. So at first I was like, oh my God, why would you do that again after that happened? But the the concept is like there's this just it, the the vibe from it is like no it's it's just trippy it's yeah. insane like yeah let's do it again of and course kids are going to do that
3: she just seemed like she needed an escape so mm-hmm. it just made a lot of sense why she was so drawn to it in the first place
2: yeah i agree i i think sophie wild which they had to fight for her to to be the lead in this movie because you know mm-hmm. whoever was financing definitely the goal is you want somebody more well-known that can sell those tickets, but sure. they fought for her. And I think that that was a pretty smart gamble that paid off for them. Yeah. I I just thought that these were teens behaving like teens. Like yeah. when we're young, you have, what is that called? Like the, where you just.
1: Your the, prefrontal the fable, cortex like, isn't it's, fully it's, formed,
2: but there's like a, it's called something like a fable where, you know, you just don't expect anything bad to happen to you and you're sure. rash. Yeah. And, you're, you know like it's so easy to to couch watch a like, backseat yeah. drive from your couch and be like that's that's a really dumb horror movie decision. Well yeah, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know she's in a horror movie. Um, so she's not making any choices to me that feel out of character for what she's been through and what, you know, her age is.
1: So that 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 reminds me. So I was at an apple orchard last Friday with my wife. It was lovely, it was beautiful weather. <laughs> we were enjoying some cider. <clears throat> but we, but there's like a path kind of cut into the woods. No one was going back there, but there's clearly a path in the trees. Yeah. And it was just a nice day. We're like, okay, let's take a walk. And we walk through this archway of trees. And before we like go in, I'm like, you know, this is the part in the horror movie. Someone's yelling at us, right? <laughs> and my wife just kind of laughs. And then we walk to the end of it, and there's a row of there's like all this. It's a big cornfield. <laughs> and my wife's first comment was, "Think there's any kids in there?". <laughs> 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 And yeah. and I laughed. I was like, I have to tell Zena and making that one. <laughs> but it's like when you, yes, people people get too down on horror movie cliches, like they're not realistic. They're absolutely realistic they because yeah. you're not thinking right mm-hmm. because oh, you don't think it's a horror movie. Right? Yeah, that's you're, the point.
2: You're in a party. That's the that's yeah. the least scary setting for for anything to go wrong. You know,
1: yes. and on top and, of and,
2: that.
3: Oh, just real quick, I was going to say on top of that, it looked like they lived in a small town. So there's probably nothing else to do if you're there. If you're not there, then you're probably at home. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and what I actually, something I kind of appreciated towards the end of the movie is not really recognizing any of the actresses except for Sue Miranda Otto. That they were all good actors. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the, what generally when you don't recognize the whole cast, you're like, okay, this is going to be low budget and you're going right. to kind of get what you get, but they were all strong performances. Like, I feel like that can't be overlooked by these kids I'd never seen before. Maybe they have, I'm sure they have roles in Australian soap operas or mm-hmm. TV shows or movies or whatever, but on like internationally. Yeah. When you're trying to cast a movie, you want to get some sort of star power or name yeah. recognition and they yeah. didn't have it, but they didn't need it. In mm-hmm. my opinion, for the performances, no. you can be Same. a fantastic, a big name instead of a horrible performance. What difference does it make?
2: Yeah. Um, something else that this movie does that's a little bit different because it does have kind of a familiar setup and, you know, teens F around and find out <laughs> through a cursed object, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty well-trod kind of subgenre there. Um, But one of the things that it does differently outside of the brutality and the violence is the tonal shift. I feel like Mm -hmm. you have such a very frenetic front half, the party montage, the lively Mm -hmm. music, and then it slows down and gets a little bit more supernatural, gets Mm -hmm. a bit more melancholy, which is a thing that is a bit divisive, I think, for audiences. Mm -hmm. So I was curious if... That was something you picked up on and how did that affect your experience with the movie, if at all? So I noticed
3: that there was a shift, you know, the opening scene, I felt like, you know, kind of set the tone because it's pretty brutal, you know, stuff, something happens right away. And then it shifts more into kind of like grief because, again, going back uh to the main character mia as a viewer like regardless of the dumb things that she does um you feel sorry for her because clearly she doesn't know any better she's just someone who misses her mom so from there it just it it started off like i thought it was going to be more teen type of horror you know but there's just there is something very dark you know about this one um like even the way that it looks it just looks bleak you know like You just know that some terrible stuff is going to happen. But I kind of like, I like the shift of it because it went in a direction that I did not know. I thought that we were going to see them messing around more with the hand before some stuff actually went down. But I like the fact that it took that shift. And then even the ending, the ending also, once again, took a turn where I wasn't expecting it to take it, you know, that way. And I'm not going to lie, you know, I couldn't help myself. I remember when I went to the theaters to see it, um... There was only like three other people in the theater, but you know, when stuff started going crazy again, like more in the middle, I wanted to say like, oh, this is getting out of hand, but I stopped myself because I, <laughs> I didn't want to be that person. So I just, I just sat there, but yeah.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> I, I love the opening of the movie because you have no idea what's going on. And then the concept of all of a sudden the kid stabs himself in the face with a butcher knife. Yeah. Like you didn't see him stabbing his, his you know. But not only that, but then I was talking to my wife a little bit about that. All the teens taking out their cameras right away during, like, yeah. the freak out. Yeah. And it, it, I had this really weird moment of realization that, like, he's screaming, like, what's wrong with you? Put your phones away. What the hell? Like, he's pissed. Yeah. Do teenagers today even know they're doing it? Like, see, is it's... it turned into a thing where you're so used to taking out your camera to videotape something that you're not even thinking, I don't, I shouldn't be. This is invasive. This is someone's life versus they live in this viral world of that. Ha- if it, if you didn't record it on your camera, it didn't happen. Like how many concert footage or how many times do you look at a concert and all you see are cameras raised? Yeah. In, like no one's watching the concert. They're just mm-hmm. videotaping it. So it like that helped kind of set for me this concept of, oh yeah, these are teens, yeah, <laughs> and they're, they're not grasping the 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 danger that they're in the middle of, like what like Megan was saying, like mm-hmm. the fable or the concept or the complex or whatever it is, like and then like the shift, it's jarring, sure, but I think I think it works. I think it keeps you on the edge, mm-hmm. like you don't know what to expect because you go from that frenetic music and pace and what just happened yeah. to melancholy Uh, and and just morose almost and no I thought I like it because it's not something I expected and I like stuff like that I like to be surprised so it wasn't a
2: a problem at all for you to slow down the tone
1: no but and because like I said I didn't know much about the movie so I'm just like all right let's just see what happens like I was confused at first like are we gonna address this again yeah and and they do like they get back to it. But I think that also people just get too impatient. We live in this w- world where you only watch stuff for 20 seconds at a time. It's like, okay, well, you got to watch this for an hour mm-hmm. for it to circle back. Um, deal with it.
2: I was reading up a little bit on this movie and there was an interview with Roger Ebert.com where Michael Filippo said Bong Joon-ho's memories of murder was a big inspiration for us and how he blends tone before talk to me. One of the scripts we wrote was called Concrete Kings, and we got told by a script editor that there were no films that merged genres in the way we wanted to. We said, bong Joon-ho does it, and he responded that Korean films have a tone of their own, and we said back to him, that's what we want to tackle, is to make a movie that feels like one story, but bounces through different emotions. Life isn't just one emotion. I think mm. I think he did it. That's I awesome. think he did it, which, you know, I understand why that is jarring for people. Um But yeah, I don't know that this movie would be as effective if it just kept... I don't know if you can sustain that high level of energy throughout that the first half does. Uh, Which, speaking of the second half, and yeah, it's more melancholy and depressing and almost dreamlike in in how it's navigating that, which Mm -hmm. means that we obviously have to talk about the ghostly realm and the world-building, the lore of this movie, what worked and what maybe didn't work for you.
3: Nina? So, okay, I liked Mm. uh, the ghost world. I wanted to see more of that. Like, I found that so interesting. And kind of you said it did feel very dreamlike because I found myself in a trance wanting more. Um, I think for me, it was just kind of like, it's not so much of the slowdown. It just felt like nothing was really happening. You know, um, not so much with... um, Geez, I forgot his name. Yeah. With with Riley. You know, he's in the hospital. But it's like, you have Mia, like, you know, she stole the hand, and then she's secretly talking to her mom in the night. Um, we do have, I, I know we're going to talk about this particular scene, but, um, okay, i wait to say that. Jumping over stuff. But, yeah. No, you can not No, you can. We're it. talking about okay. Okay. okay, so. It's a spoiler. <clears throat> Free zone. Yeah. So Our spoiler-filled zone? Yeah. It, it's very spoiler close show. Okay. So, point is, like, she was in the middle of the night, you know, talking to her mom. And it's just, like, as the viewer, like, and then, again, as the viewer, as someone who's a horror fan, we, we've seen stuff like this. We know that it's not a good idea what she's doing. But at this point, it's kind of like she's already done so, so many not-so-smart things. But after even yeah. seeing what happened to Riley... You are still continuing on. But then I'm still being understanding because it's like at this point, she probably feels like she has nothing else to lose. Like, you know, she doesn't really have that connection with her dad. But I don't know. There was just something about it for me where it was just like nothing really felt like anything was happening. Yeah, it was cool seeing the the, the haunting visions and stuff like that. Um, But it just it just felt like it kind of just was going like in a straight line. And then there was a major dip for me where I just found myself that I couldn't focus on it. I found myself wanting to look away, look at my phone. I didn't, you know, when I was in the theaters. But oh, yeah. even when I rewatched it again, I felt the same way. Like there's a certain part where it just—I I didn't really feel as connected to it as I wanted to, at least as I was in the beginning, you know? Yeah. Um, so what's that?
2: So the lore, the mythology—they they tease mm-hmm. it, but they don't get into it enough for, for me. it to to have enough like thematic wait for, for you for me and and i i was ex- i mean maybe it's just like
3: well that's you expecting but yeah i was expecting no no i feel like
2: that's a lot of people have similar yeah,
3: complaints i was expecting yeah. more of that but then once again you know like i said i'm still being super understanding of this character mia but in a way just being honest with you it also felt like she had no type of growth at all like she didn't learn from these things where it's just like all right like I, like we said at the beginning teenagers do some dumb things but then once again you saw What happened to Riley? You see where he is. And I understand you want to save him, but then you keep on taking it on your own and doing that. And I'm still, again, being understanding because I know that she does have her issues and she feels like she needs to save him because she feels like it is her fault. And, it, you know, it kind of is, you know? But I don't know. It just, it really, it was unfortunate, but I just, something fell apart for me. But then at the end... The end kind of put me back in because I was just like, oh, you know, that's that's really good. You know, I liked how, like, that twist, you know, came along. And then, you know, as a viewer, you have that question where it's just like, do you think that Mia jumped or do you think that she was pushed? You know, so I kind of like that. And it depends on how you interpret it, unless there really is just one way. But even when I would talk with other people, some people who I went to go check the movie out with, people had different views on it, which, you know, I love a conversation starter. Then the last thing is, I feel like I'm talking too much. (laughs) when it comes to the sequel i'm for sure gonna check it out you know because i'm curious because the ending put me back in but just being honest if i didn't feel that way about the ending i'm not too sure if i would be i would check out the sequel but i wouldn't be in a rush to check wouldn't be excited about it yeah i
1: think my wife actually said something similar that she's not that interested she she liked the movie by the way too Mm -hmm. but she isn't necessarily as interested in the sequel um probably for kind of similar reasons and i get what you're saying i hadn't thought about it until now but i think that the peaks the peaks and valleys it's like really high highs and then when you're not dealing with the supernatural aspects it just the baseline feels lower than normal like it's just like you're now you're pulled back into this world because like we don't get answers from this really the supernatural world, like really what happened and what caused it and things like that. So we're on this really high ride of this is, this is crazy. And then it's like, okay, now back to the real world mm-hmm. and relationships. And you're kind of like, Oh, okay. And like, so I think yeah. it, it, it could totally feel abrupt. Um, I, I was, again, I was okay with it. Um, but, I get what you're saying about that, and you would have liked to have seen more, but I but again, I kind of like not getting a lot. Like the my favorite scene, like i had said earlier, is the depiction of hell mm-hmm. or what Riley's going through and just that, that torment. If
2: it's even hell, right. If it's even hell, we or the even to- know. Oh. it just could just be afterlife, and this is what you're stuck
1: mm-hmm. at. Or that's not what's happening at all, and it's the ghost manipulating her. We don't there even too, know that. Yeah. She was just shown the thing that would make her want to kill Riley because it's just yeah. evil and wants the kid to die. Like, because yeah. he's clearly, he's fine by the end of it. Why did the ghost suddenly leave him at the end of it? Like, you know, like, so, or we think it's right. even the ending is up for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we actually seeing? Um, but
2: I have theories. Oh,
1: yeah. I <laughs> yeah, think I there's lots of those. theories. And But, like, it was funny because I kept telling my wife I was waiting to see that depiction of hell again because that was the thing that really stuck in my head when I left the theater because I loved it, that concept of the torment. And I was like, and I finally got to it and we watched it. I'm like, that was the scene. It was only a couple seconds, and I told her it was only a couple of seconds. I'm like, that, like that. I loved the, the coloring, the torment, the, the editing of it. loved it. And she's like, oh, that's what you were waiting for? I was like, did did that not work for you? She goes, I was raised Catholic, so I was just kind of expecting <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she's like that's... maybe
2: she's seen this society well she's like I that... mean, cause that's what i thought of well because
1: she's like that's what hell is to her she was mm-hmm. raised in this idea of this constant torment and i was you know not raised that way so i was like oh my god that's effing horrible <laughs> i think that's yeah. why
3: i'm probably so drawn to it um because what you said begging with it seemed very much like society you know it's the shunting yeah, yeah. so it's just like i like it looked like agonized like horrible so it's just like i want like, to yeah. see yeah. more um but in a way it's like i get why they didn't show us more just get a little taste you know but i don't know i'm selfish yeah. and I, I want it all
2: <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i do think that they they maybe could have filled this Um uh, maybe they were a little too skimpy on some of the glimpses into it because it is like the movie opens with this kangaroo on the side of the road that she cannot bring herself, mm-hmm. even though like Riley is begging her, she can't bring herself to put it out of its misery. Like she can't bring herself to kill it, which is a, a symmetry, a bookend with what happens in the end. She can't do it. She can't d- bring herself to kill Riley either. So she becomes a sacrifice. So I feel like the back half is a little bit more purgatory. The the genie's out of the bottle This ghostly Mm. realm will not quit until they have somebody brought into the fold. They'd like Riley, but they'll take Mia. Um, And (laughs) so it's kind of a waiting game of what's going to happen. And she's the one who goes. And that end shot, that end shot makes the whole back half worth it for me.
1: It's so good. I agree. It is so Uh, good. It's such a perfect bookend.
2: Right, so it's less to me about her learning because I think her fate is sealed from the get-go and more about how is this going to wrap up. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, It's an interesting thing to discuss. Also worth discussing, your favorite moments. I think we've <laughs> kind of touched on it a little bit, but what were some of the things for you, John, that you were like, man, I love this movie. It's going to be in my top ten.
1: Um, you know, I, I loved The Possessions, I think everyone, you know, you get the big black iris like eyes or pupil eyes and just that little bit of playful, malevolent portrayal that everyone just kind of nailed. Like they Mm -hmm. got it it was just like, oh, this is like it's not totally over the top crazy like spin your head around, throw up pea soup as much as it's just like this is this twisted demonic entity that's shaping me mm-hmm. um, and everyone nailed it I mean Riley and me and, and Daniel and like they, they were all the ones that we saw were all really good and the depiction hell and again like the ending I was like I did not see that ending coming but oh my god come on like that's that's how you do an ending yeah
2: Zena you have any other standout moments that you're like yes the toes
3: scene oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you Ew. know um i always wear socks to bed and like,
1: <laughs> just in case
3: <laughs> just
2: in case they're already told Yeah, night. Is, okay.
0: that's
3: the reason why you know but no seriously it was like that part was horrifying but it also made me laugh um yeah. because it was just so awkward and like she was really going in and like it was you know it started off creepy you have that little woman or whatever it is coming from out of the corner. <laughs> Like a oh, hungry that was dog.
1: Good. I love that. Oh shot. my gosh!
3: Yes. Yeah. Great scene.
2: Uh, yeah, I definitely have to call out the hospital scene where a possessed Riley is just really oh. bashing yeah. his own skull in. That was, I think that was one of the moments where I'm like, this is not your average teen horror movie, mm-hmm. and it is definitely not your average ghost horror movie what what yeah. subgenre do you think you would classify this if you were to describe it would it be demonic horror would it be how would you classify this like what subgenre would you put this in
3: i would say demonic possession social yeah. media type of horror going <laughs> she's on she's like all of them sub sub <laughs> sub genre you know cuz you know every single time the kids are always taking <laughs> out their phones you know yeah. and yeah. then we we know there's some demonic stuff going on clearly it's p- possession you know so supernatural
1: john how would you uh yeah i think the possession works because i didn't really catch i don't know why it didn't click with me as much the first go round that mia had gone over the time yeah and that like that's why things are staying with her but she was only a little bit over the time so it's like things were there and they could kind of get to her but it took time and her going back and like the more contact she had versus riley who had the extended contact thanks to her yeah Mm -hmm. um and then yeah (laughs) just the brutality of like the scene where he's beating his head against the 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 desk and and then like just uh, and my wife commented like when you first see him in the hospital Mm -hmm. all swollen he's alive and my Uh, first comment was just poor baby yeah like it's just so because he's such a sweet Little boy, like this yeah. portrayal, and then to see that was like, Oh, that sucks.
2: Yeah, the makeup job, excellent yeah. job, guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, also shout out to the puppy living. Uh, I thought I was mm. so worried about that dog when yeah. he was getting brought into the room where they were having their little party trick. Um yeah. so yeah, he lived. And that was also great. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. yeah, and we, we did touch on it, but we I figured we need to definitively talk about the ending specifically if they did not have that ending how do you feel like you would have walked away from that film i feel like zena would have been but i yeah, don't know if that I would mean, have...
3: i would have been disappointed but i would still again watch the well i would watch the sequel i just wouldn't be in a rush to watch it like i wouldn't bash the movie i right. wouldn't tell people I... don't watch it it was terrible i i feel like you know it's it's a good watch but i don't know i can't Because it's like, again, I feel like I keep on talking about with the character Mia. I I just feel like she's different from her friends because... For her to even be messing around with that in the first place, it's just like, all right, you need something. You need somebody. Um, Because unlike her friends, you know, she experienced real life death. So it's just the fact that you're messing around with it. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just keep on going back to that. But, yeah, I think that, again, if that ending was different, if it was not like that, um, I I just would have been disappointed. But I wouldn't be like. Yeah. How important was the ending to you, John?
1: Uh, uh enough without it i don't think it would yeah. have been my top movies of the year i think i think i would have been fine with it i think it would have been like this is a good movie i don't think that it would have helped to resonate with me that they that they closed the circle that well um like it would have been fine if we just gotten a montage of them going out of the hospital or something and then all of a sudden you find the part they yeah. hand at a different party that you know the party that she ends up at or whatever or uh, uh, or you know like you could have shot it different ways even you could have shot the exact same ending different ways that wouldn't have been as powerful to me as that like that Mm -hmm. confusion and interpretation and like you hear that match strike and you still don't necessarily put together that first time that that's a candle lit in the distance like oh it's it's heaven
2: oh no no." i am a sucker for any time filmmakers get a little bold with who they kill off um and to have your protagonist Mm. have an ending like that i feel i applaud that i applaud that very much i think that that really made it work for me um and just to reiterate because zina mentioned it earlier there is a sequel on the way in august 2023 they uh, the directors confirmed plans to develop the sequel. They said that they'd already written sequences. a 24 announced that the sequel is tentatively titled Talk to Me, as in two is now a number two because sequel, ha-ha. Uh-huh. We'll see if it stays that way. But yeah, um, <laughs> it will have. they'll be back as directors, and the script by returning writers Danny and Bill Hinsman. So Danny co-wrote with Bill Hinsman. So I don't know if there's any other things that we might have missed that you wanted to talk about or anything else last minute
1: uh no i mean mia had to die yeah right like there was Mm -hmm. no question because she had nothing else
2: somebody was had to go period but yeah yeah but,
1: but like she had killed her dad
2: I, I wonder, so, is it definitive? Did she? Because they kind of leave it open-ended. Because
1: these, oh, that's, that's what I was right. going
2: to say. You
3: know, because, it, they
1: find it, because she I, finds him. Uh, Jade finds him still alive. But then she sees mom. the ghost of him.
2: And he was at the hospital. But but that, oh, that's
1: right. So maybe not. But
2: yeah, what she sees, what she's... Yeah, she sees, like, I think that that whole passage at the end is the hospital. And time is now distorted yeah. for her because she's no longer alive. So she sees dad, but dad's alive yeah. well she's mm-hmm.
1: not yeah he he was there visiting riley or identifying her corpse or something like that and sh- then he's leaving so. or he's getting out of the hospital from his neck wound yeah, yeah
2: exactly so he he that lived she did not yeah i know mm-hmm. uh
1: yeah oh and i my prop my talk to me replica hand should be here by the end of oh November.
2: yeah you got Whoa. one i
1: i had to i couldn't resist are
2: you gonna yeah. use it
1: uh you know what i guess we're all gonna find out aren't we
2: we we are we are one day john's gonna pop up on our podcast recording and he's gonna have like the shunting behind him
1: you'll have to pay way more attention to like what color my eyes look or how big my pupils are
2: (laughs) do you have any last minute thoughts or anything that we might have missed zena I mean, just stop
3: doing dumb things, you know. I felt like there's so <laughs> many
1: movies. No, then we don't have horror movies. Yeah, but there's, there's, <laughs> I mean, I I
3: think there could be other ways because that's not true, because look at Barbarian. You know, and not that I'm comparing the she two Are
1: you she, kidding? She, she towards the she end dumb. though. She come on. <laughs> towards the end But she went in the house. Why'd she go in the house?
3: I don't she care if it's to, a Scars When she, when she, when she left, okay, she, okay, this is another spoiler. So if you haven't seen Barbarian.
1: <laughs> did we do no, the, ba- just, the live Barbarian deep dive or was that Patreon? I don't,
2: I don't know. know really. But if it's Patreon, we might, we might need to put that on the main feed.
3: Okay. We should.
1: We'll, we'll have to go back yeah. and look.
2: <laughs> I meant towards the
3: end when she met the homeless sure. man and, you know, seemed yeah. like a good idea. You know,
2: so yeah. that was kind of smart.
1: Kind of <laughs> <Kid> moments, sure,
2: <laughs> but it's like when you're not, when you don't know you're in a horror movie and you're a teenager, yeah. like they're gonna do dumb stuff. I did some dumb. Did you ever play like Bloody Mary or try to make it I, I did. See, these are things that we did when looking back, we're like, that's not a good idea, yeah, it's, horror not. Told us it's not, but we did it.
1: I mean, scroll through Instagram right now on, in like the Reels or something, and you tell me you don't see anyone doing like something stupid,
2: grinding up Everyone. hot dogs to make a pie, yeah. whatever. Like they're,
1: they're... whatever <laughs> insanity <laughs> yes. it is. Exactly,
2: exactly. But
1: yeah. Especially if you think someone could watch or view it or something, like because, they didn't even okay. go that deep, which they could. But could've.
3: hot dog pie is different from like <laughs> <you> know,
1: <laughs> we are not. We're not here to discuss hot dog pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's another episode. We will deep dive on hot dog that pie some other time. Ew. Hot
2: dog pies. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I always look at it at how does it feel in line with the characters or it doesn't feel like it's breaking you out of the movie because it's contrived. Like they are shoehorning these characters to make them do, do dumb stuff to propel the plot forward. And they didn't really feel like that. With Mia, which I, I mean, I, I understand why that might for other people, but my read was that it felt very much like a teen who is desperate yeah. for connection and getting, I mean, cause she, she was picked on quite a bit. Her dad yeah. was, didn't know how to deal with her, you know, Miranda Otto's character, Sue was the closest mm-hmm. she had to surrogate mom and she turned on yeah. her pretty quickly Jade mm-hmm. was not the greatest friend. A lot of the time, she was a terrible no, she friend. was not. Uh, she
1: was way more interested in her phone. And, the whole movie and
2: Jade's, <laughs> like other friends were always like talking down on Mia, and it just, it just to me like it made sense why she ended up yeah. where she did because it's like, well, you know, I've got this thrill and it's a nice escapism distraction, and oh, here's my mom who I was connected with, and nobody's. I mean, if there's a moral in the story, I guess the moral is. Be kind and we're we're a community and we need people, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, really, it's a realistic portrayal of depression and despair. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it can't annoy
2: you. I get that.
1: Yeah. Like, (laughs) I get that people like seeing a hero's journey, but not everyone has a hero's journey. Right. Some people just spiral.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like, I, I agree. I really do. And I feel like majority of the time throughout the whole movie, I was like, okay, it's okay, Mia. You know, just, <laughs> I'm right there with her. But then it's just like, again, it's like all this stuff is still happening. And I'm not saying, oh, she, she needs to learn. It's not that. It's just you oh, yeah, yeah. think before she actually would do something, you saw what's been happening, you know? Yeah. So I even kind of like the fact that when she went to the hospital, it seemed like, you know, to see if she could help Riley okay, that was cool, but then it's just, she was still, again, in the darkness, talking to a spirit, and I get it, you know, I get it, but uh, again, I keep on saying, I can't just keep on, like, I keep on going back to the fact that there was no type of, like, I don't even know what the word is, like, she didn't really progress, you know, like, and I get it, she's hurting, she's all these things, I just meant, after a while, it's just
2: kind of like, all right. Yeah, this is where it got stagnant for you, and you needed a little bit of an uphill or downhill, some some kind of tra- mm-hmm. trajectory there for you. I get that. Sure. Any other last-minute thoughts or things we overlooked that should discuss?
1: Oh, and I thought Haley and Joss were actually great antagonists. Like, not even really antagonists, but, like, catalysts, I suppose, mm. because they present the hand, they're kind of jerks to you, like, laughing mm-hmm. at you, but they still partake in it. Yeah,
3: and Yeah.
1: And they still kind of try and figure out what's going on with it. And they, they didn't run after what happened to Riley. They still owned up. They had You kind of hear their conversation discussing it, but they, mm-hmm. they don't leave.
2: Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. uh, at first I didn't really like Haley, but, like, for, like, different reasons, like, I actually really liked their performance mm-hmm. and, like, what the 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 perception of that antagonist being portrayed from, by a trans person, too, mm-hmm. like, in that sort of a role and gender normative roles or expectations, like, I thought they were, I thought they were great.
3: It's a pretty good cast. One last thing I was gonna say is um as far as it goes like with the actual sound, I thought that they did I know that sounds like weird, but Mm. I think that they did like a really good job, like with the sound of it. You know, I noticed that like the second time around and even with like the practical effects and it wasn't like overly like gory, you know, it was like a really like good
2: amount. They did great. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Sound design is key in horror and they nailed it. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I think
2: I think that wraps it up then
1: and that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week everyone if you'd like to read more from megan you can check out her reviews at bloody disgusting.com and on twitter at haunted mag. don't know why i leaned into that just chose to Zena <laughs> can be found on her own website realqueenofhorror.com the youtube channel in the same name or at lovely xena on twitter and you can hear me on my still daily horror narration podcast creepy as we finish up the 31 days of horror for one more week Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram, Twitter at BedisgustingPod or drop us an email at BedisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John.
2: I'm Megan.
3: I'm Zena.
1: Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch and watch Something You Love. Just make sure it's something you